the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, professor, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Well, in the midst of this extremely congested social media landscape of Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and the like, I have to wonder if you've ever heard the expression, Reader's Digest Condensation. Well, for those of you who may not or may be aware, Reader's Digest is a monthly magazine with probably the largest circulation of any magazine in the world. It was first published in 1922, and it's known for taking articles of interest from other magazines condensing them and cutting them down to give you the gist of what the articles are saying. So tonight, we bring you part six in our new series, A Reader's Digest Condensation and Contrast of the Book of Ephesians, chapters one through six. And in this condensation and contrast, you will learn how to strengthen your Christian walk while understanding more about the enemy of our souls and how to defeat him. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith in the Lord. And uh, we've been covering and teaching on a tremendous uh, teaching series. And uh, we come again to this uh, contrast and conflict. Uh, and this is something that the Apostle Paul majors in because he realizes that uh, there is a contrast and there is a conflict. And the contrast is that God is always working uh, in the world by which we live, but the devil is always working as well. And God always outworks him, even though it looks like he's outworking God, God always outworks him. And matter of fact, the devil can't do anything unless God gives him permission. So God is outworking him, and not only outworking him, but he even uses Satan for his own glory. You know, Satan is like a puppet on a string, and he's like a dog on a leash, and God just sometimes will pull back the, the leash just to kind of take some of us to the woodshed and to try to wake us up. But we see this 
contrast and we see this conflict throughout the word of God. And God is trying to say something and the devil is trying to say something. And we see also the contrast between the spirit and the flesh. And there's a conflict with that. Uh, conflict with the kingdom of God uh, and his uh, world and the kingdom of Satan. Uh, the children of God and the children of Satan. That's why Jesus said uh, in John 8 and 44, uh, your father is the devil. And a lot of people uh, are worshiping Satan. And a lot of them don't know that they're doing that, but they are. He's behind a lot of people. And he's behind things going on from the White House, many church houses, and those who have no house. And then we see this tremendous contrast and conflict uh, again throughout the book of Ephesians. This is a tremendous book. And I trust that this series has really uh, put a fire in you, uh, ignited a fire in you to get into this book of Ephesians and then start looking at the contrast with God and Satan and the uh, the flesh and the, the spirit and and the heaven and hell and there's a war going on and that's why the apostle Paul warns all of us to put on the whole armor of God daily because if you don't get equipped you will get whipped by the enemy now uh, we need to understand this contrast and conflict from also Ephesians chapter four. And the Apostle Paul uses tremendous uh, terminology and words to really try to get a point across to us and wake us up as well. And I trust that you are uh, by a table and you are, have a chair sitting in and that you have a pen and paper and especially your Bible. Bible. So... You know, so when we go to Ephesians chapter 4, let's go to this tremendous chapter again. And in Ephesians chapter uh, 4, he makes three vital uh, points, and they all have contrast and conflict. The first point that he mentions is in Ephesians 4 and 22. And in Ephesians 4 and verse 22, uh, he says that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So the first thing that the Apostle Paul is challenging us to do as Christians and as followers of Christ and disciples is that we put off. Nothing will begin to work as far as putting on, unless you put off. You know, when you have dirty clothes on, the first thing that you wanna do is not only put them off, but you wanna put them in the wash. And a lot of us need to be washed by Jesus. We need to be washed in the blood and we need to put off and put off the things of the world, put off the things of the flesh, Put off the things of Satan that has put us into his own captivity uh, to the law of sin. 
And so this putting off is really referring to the old man, that old degenerate nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve, our foreparents. And we got two natures in us. We got a uh, God's nature in Christ, and then we have Adam's nature. We got the first Adam, which is from the Garden of Eden, and then the second Adam, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we got these two dual natures in us that's at war. It's a Jekyll and Hyde. Warring against us the time we uh, get up in the morning, throughout the day, and in the evening, and when we go to sleep, and sometimes even in our sleep. And sometimes you got to get up in the middle of the night and just say, Lord, I'm putting off everything that Satan is attacking me in my dreams. I'm putting it off. You got to be faithful to doing what God is saying through the Apostle Paul. Uh, he says, put off. And it all begins here. And, you know, Paul was battling with this old nature in uh, Romans 7. And he says, every time I try to do good, evil is present with me. Thing that I hate, that's what I do. That old nature is quite a rascal. And I don't care if you're a preacher or uh, evangelist, missionary, or just a lay person. You got something hooked on to you and inside you that's quite a rascal. And it's in rebellion to God. It's in rebellion to God's word. It's in rebellion to prayer. It's in rebellion to witnessing. It's in rebellion to giving. It doesn't want to give. That's why so many of us are suffering so much financially. We're not faithful in giving that old nature. You know, you can hear uh, people like myself and Gary support the ministry. And then you say, I'm going to do it, but that old nature gets to you. And the next thing you do, you forget about it. And you just just don't do it until you, you may do it later down the road. But you're not consistent because that old nature uh, is constantly whipping you and whiplashing you, telling you to do things opposite from what God has called you to do. It's a war. It's an internal war. And, uh, you know, you got to fight against it. Now, now this, this is the number one person. This is the number one contrast of Paul. Put off the old man. And then he says, number two, uh, this is in Ephesians 4 and 24. Uh, let me read that to you. And that ye put on the new man. So when you take off the old man, what you got to do is put on the new man. And the new man is, uh, is, is Jesus Christ. It's putting on the Holy Spirit in your life. It's putting on uh, letting him be Lord of your life and that you're walking. Notice it says in verse 24 that that is created in righteousness and true holiness. My friend, if you're not walking in holiness and righteousness, you're like James Brown. You're just talking loud and saying nothing. You're not. You're not really 
you really haven't put off that old man unless you're walking in holiness and righteousness, that you're being right with God and right with your fellow man every day of your life. You know, so uh, you put off the old man, which is Adam daily, the first Adam, and you put on the new man, which is Jesus Christ, the second Adam that's, that they talk about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And when you put on Christ, then what he'll do is give you his spirit because it talks about in uh, uh, Acts 1 and 8, uh, then the Holy Spirit come, he will come up on you, on you, see? And so it's putting on, and when you put on Christ, you're putting on power, Acts 1 and 8. And then when you link it to John 1 and 12, the power there is authority, exousia. And then the Acts 1 and 8, you're putting on dunamis, which is dynamite, translated dynamite, power of the Holy Spirit. And when you put on Christ daily, you're putting on power in the Holy Spirit, and you're putting on authority to rebuke the enemy that's constantly trying to take you back to the old life, the old lifestyle. And you also, with this put on, carries over to Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 6, put on. Now, he uses the word on the full armor of God, not part of the armor, but the full armor of God. Don't you know that you are in a warfare every day? And that's why so many people are getting whipped. I talk to people every day and encourage them. Oh, Dr. Buckner, I'm going through this and going through that. I'm having problems in my marriage, having problems with my finances, having problems with my relationships, having problems with addiction and problems with pornography. My friend, you need to repent because that means a change of heart, a change of mind, change of thought, change of uh directions and you gotta repent and then you gotta put on all the things that god is calling you to do and you gotta put on the arm of god daily you gotta first thing you do when you get up in the morning you gotta put on the armor of god it's no joke you gotta put the on the arm of god before you brush your teeth before you wash your face before you get in the shower because between that time the devil can manipulate you and use you and abuse you. So the first thing that I do, and my wife and I, we put it on together. The first thing we do when we wake up, because we know that the enemy can infiltrate uh, uh, different areas of our life if we don't do that. Our thoughts, you know, and, and try to get us into that old, old person, that old nature. Now, I'm gonna close on this note and then pick up with this number three next time. Number three is found in Ephesians 4, 20, verse 25, 26, 27, 29, 30, and 31. And he talks about put away. So you gotta not only put off, but you gotta put away. These things, you gotta put away daily. It got to be a discipline practice in your life daily. You got to put it away. Old habits, 
Put away the flesh, the world, Satan. Put them away. Put them away from you. And then he gives a list of what he wants you to put away. And next time, uh, we will deal with what he's talking about when he says, put away. Oh, this is tremendous teaching in the Lord. Tremendous challenge of contrast and conflict. Now, we're going to have a prayer right now of repentance. Uh, I want you to do three things. Uh, first, and all with ours. First of all, you want to say with me, Lord, I recognize the first R. I'm a sinner. Uh, and then the second R, I repent of my sins and turn away from them. Turn away from the flesh. Turn away from Satan. Turn away from the world. And number three, the third R, I receive you as my Lord. I want to walk into your kingdom by being king of my life. Because if I don't walk with you being king of my life, I'm not going to have a part of the kingdom. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches through contending for the faith. Brother Gary. All right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. So give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry Albuquerque. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. God is just a prayer way. He wants to hear from you. And speaking of prayer, we want to thank all of you who have been so consistent in your prayers for this ministry. It's a prayer-driven ministry. And without those prayers, we know there's no way we could have been on the air as long as we have been. It's just so amazing when you think about how many people are praying for contending for the faith. We just thank you so much for that consistent prayer that is going forth. And also, we want to thank all of you who have been generous and partnered with us financially over these many, many years. This is a listener-supported ministry. Dr. Buckner and I don't receive any salary or any of the funds that come in that goes right back into the airtime. And we're just so thankful that so many of you have partnered with us. So many of you have caught the vision for this ministry. So many of you have been faithful in giving to contending for the faith. And we thank you for that. So we need your consistent prayers. And we need your consistent giving. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. We just can't thank you enough for all the prayers. 
prayers. And again, we can't thank you enough for partnering with us financially to keep contending for the faith on the air. All right, Dr. Buckner, about ready to go to the phone lines. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. We have Jermaine on line one. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Oh, that's good. Very good. And uh, always good to hear from you. And what's on your heart tonight? What's your question? Well, yeah, just um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on witnessing to people who are unsaved, but they're terminally ill. I befriended a gentleman completely by accident, and, you know, he uh, he kind of led me into his little his, his personal circle, and he let me know he's not a believer. He's a very nice man. He's unfortunately got a, a very harsh terminal diagnosis, and it doesn't look good. But he's at least open to hearing, you know, what I have to say. Uh, I, I guess some other people who were supposed to be Christians had whatever they said to him, they made the man cry. And I'm pretty sure it's not how you witness the folks, you know, and I don't compromise, of course, but I know there's a way to go about it. And, uh, you know, making someone cry doesn't seem like the, the best witness for Christ. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on how you properly witness and, and care for somebody who is terminally ill but is not yet a believer. Well, that's a very good question, uh, Brother Jermaine. And uh, I have ministered to a lot of different people who are been terminally ill and been on their deathbed and that sort of thing and uh, suffered uh, tremendously with so many different uh, diseases, whether it's cancer and um, many other things, and sometimes even AIDS, um, you know, and your heart goes out to them. Um, one of the important things, <clears throat> I think, to uh, minister to them on is that we got to just come to them with uh, love and compassion like Jesus did, you know, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And we have to do that and let people know that uh, God is a God of all comfort and let them know that, you know, uh, that we realize that you are suffering, <clears throat> you know, and, uh, and Jesus Christ uh, has been the greatest sufferer uh, for all times and that he loves you and that he died we have to let them know even though they may reject it we have to let them know that he died for their sins and that uh, he came back alive to give them eternal life and uh, several scriptures that comes to mind is revelation 3 and 20 when he talks about i stand at the door and knock and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and sup with him and he with me. He's knocking at your heart, uh, even though you may have closed the door uh, on him. He's still knocking to try to come into your heart, give him a chance to do that. And then, of, of course, the Roman road uh, is, you want to bring that into play as well. Roman road would be, Romans 3 and 23, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And Romans 10, 9 and 10, you know, that's uh, we confess him as Lord and uh, believe in our heart that God is raised from the dead, we shall be saved. And then 
uh, Romans 10 and 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And all we can do, uh, there are some people uh, on their deathbed that I have ministered to, and they're very receptive to what I just shared with you. And then there's others, like my wife's uh, grandfather, uh, he was on his deathbed, and he was cursing like a sailor, even though he's dying. And I just let him know, you know, that this is not the way to go out, Mr. Sinclair. You don't want to go out and to a Christless eternity like that. And Jesus loves you, and he came to the cross to die for your sins, and he's knocking at the door to come into your heart to save you before it's too late because you don't want to go on the other side and regret that you didn't listen. And he was a hard-nosed man, and, you know, he died that way. Some of them that you'll be able to reach, you know, on their deathbed, and others, you won't. Uh, there was several other people. I witnessed a Jehovah Witnesses on their deathbed. Talked to them about the real Jesus versus the counterfeit. I've talked to some people on their deathbed who was atheist. And right before they died, they accepted Jesus Christ with the very things that I'm sharing with you. But there's others that have the hard nose. And they, uh, you know, they just don't want to open their heart up and listen. And there's nothing you can do, I can do, unless, like Walter Martin said, unless the Holy Spirit opens up their eyes and ears. Even when I do my lectures, I have a lecture coming up. We got to announce that as well. Uh, I have a lecture coming up in Fremont, uh, not this uh, w weekend, but uh, the following. Uh, but uh, in a couple of weeks, I have a lecture. But you know, it's people respond differently, and it's nothing but the Holy Spirit that can reach a dying man or woman on their deathbed, and sometimes the pain, the suffering will, uh, you know, soften their hearts to come to know him right before they die, and the approach that I gave you. Uh, I this is a great approach because I teach my students at the seminary this. But there's others who got a heart like Pharaoh. They harden their hearts and they just go into a crisis eternity without him. And we pray. And, and what you have to do before you minister to them, you have to be praying this prayer. Uh, Lord, uh, before I go in to see such and such, Lord, open up their ears and their eyes and soften their hearts to accept you before it's too late and let them know, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, identify with your suffering, but there's somebody, this is always helpful. There's somebody that suffered, uh, like you, but even on a greater level. And that's Jesus. And he understands you're suffering like nobody else does. But he suffered, but you bring into the picture, he suffered to die for your sins. And you got to 
and, and include that and bring the invitation there before it's too late. Because if they don't accept the invitation, uh, then it's too late. But some people are on their deathbed, say this lastly, and they're, uh, they can't talk to you, but they can hear. And I would still do that same type of prayer with them and that same approach. So hopefully that's been helpful to you. I, I spent a little extra time with that because I've, I've, I've dealt with this as a doing ministry for 52 years. And hopefully something I said has really resonated with you and helped you through that, your, your question. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Dr. Buckner. I'm going to go ahead and be prayerful and, and uh, give it a shot and pray before I speak to this gentleman. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Will you let us know how that turns out? Yeah, I sure will. Yeah, that'd be a blessing. We'd love to hear how that turned out. And matter of fact, Gary, uh, let's pray around that right now uh, before Jermaine leaves, because we are we not only give answers, but we believe strongly in the power of prayer. So, Brother Gary, <laughs> lead us in prayer on this. And uh, what's the gentleman's name, Jermaine? His name is Paul. Paul. Well, Lord God, we just lift up Paul tonight, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would open his eyes and open his ears, Lord God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, soften his heart to receive you tonight, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would just make a way through Jermaine and maybe others who have the opportunity to speak life, have the opportunity to share Christ, have the opportunity to open that doorway into heaven. Lord God, we just pray that you bring people into his life, Lord, to do just that, to touch him at his place of need, and that he would respond in favor of you, Lord God, and be saved. We thank you tonight for Jermaine's heart of concern. We pray that you continue to bless his family and all that they need and all that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, Brother Jermaine. Look forward to hearing back from you on how that turned out. All right. God bless. All right. God bless. Thank you for your question as well. Well, all right. Let's uh, go ahead and take that commercial break. and We'll be right back with more Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith. And I just want to make a special announcement that Dr. Buckner will be speaking at Tree of Life Christian Church located at 4140 Peralta Boulevard in Fremont, California, Sunday, July 16th. At 10.30 a.m. And the title of his message is The Gospel is Fully Loaded. So we want to encourage you to come on out to the Tree of Life Christian Church on the on Sunday, July 16th at 10.30 a.m. if you're available. Once again, it's going to be located at 4140 Peralta Boulevard in Fremont, California. So come down, check Dr. Buckner out. He'll be speaking at their 10.30 service. All right. We also want to, once again, thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry and thank all of you who have 
so generously stepped up to the plate and time and time again hit a home run for contending for the faith financially. You know, it's just an amazing thing. This is a listener-supported ministry, and uh, we just continue to marvel at how God uses all of you to keep this thing going. And it's such a blessing, and you will be blessed as you give. Uh, so we want to encourage you tonight. There are two ways you can donate. Address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or simply go online to Contending Faith. Dot org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner, you have a couple of questions that we received off the air. One is from Megan and she wants to know why did God allow the devil to mess with Job so much? And what was it, what was it about Job that allowed him to keep his faith to the very end? Well, that's a very good uh, uh, question. Uh, well, one of the things that helped him to keep his faith to the very end was that it talks about in the first chapter that he was blameless. And uh, he was um, blameless. The word blameless there in the first chapter refers to him as being a man of integrity. <clears throat> and he was faithful to everything that he put his hand to, not only as family but his business he was a wealthy man but he was a man of integrity and he knew how to maintain his integrity like joseph in the midst of uh, uh prosperity poverty uh and uh you know controversy he was able to be a person of all that <clears throat> and god saw that in his heart he saw him that he was uh there was none like Job and the whole earth. That's what the scriptures say. And God said, okay, uh, with all that he has, uh, I'm going to put him to the test. And the enemy, which was the devil, went to God. He can't do nothing on his own, but he went to God. And he came up before the throne of God. He had ex access and, uh, still does to some degree since the cross is limited but he requested you know let me have at him and you think he loves you you think he's a man of integrity a man of faith you know let me take everything from him and he'll curse you to your face well joe never did do that and the one became the laughing stop was not joe even though he went through everything and uh it was satan God really laughed at him, uh, and Job didn't understand, even understand Satan. He didn't know what was going on with him because he didn't have the knowledge like we have and the challenge of putting on the whole arm of God. And so uh, why did God allow the devil to mess with Job? Well, that answer is the same as for all of us. Uh, the occupational job of Satan, uh, the devil, is a his 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 name. Another name for him is the tempter, and uh, God has allowed him to be here 
to test, to tempt us uh, in temptation. And the reason why is to see how faithful we're going to be and to see if we're going to pass the examination so that we can enter into the kingdom of God. Everything is in life is built and based upon tests, even when students go to school. You don't just go to school and then the professor says, uh, here is your degree. You don't have to worry about being tested. No, you're going to be tested. And sometimes they'll say the, the number one thing that's going to determine you graduating is number one question. <clears throat> and you know, from, from the beginning all the way to the present day, you know, people ask the question, why in the world did God put that tree of knowledge of good and evil to test Adam and Eve? And he allowed the tester to tempt them. Uh, and he's doing that with you and me. It's, with, it's not as severe as Job, but every day you're going to be tested. You're going to be tempted by the, the tempter. And the most important thing for you to do is to put on the full arm of God so you can stand against the wiles and the fiery darts because they're going to come at you. And either you're going to stand or you're going to fall. And you, uh, you know, if you stay in the vine, as Jesus said in John 15, if you're connected to the vine, then you won't be cast away. But if you're not, you will be cast away because you got to bear fruit. And I'm not like Jay Vernon McGee one time said, he said, I'm not always called to be a judge, but the Bible says we can judge righteous judgment. But he did say, I'm called to be a fruit inspector. You know, we can, uh, uh, you know, inspect the fruit being uh, bared in people's lives. And some people got bad fruit. And you have to say that that I don't believe that they're Christian because they're not, they're not manifesting Galatians 5 and 22 because it talks about the fruit of the Spirit there. So hopefully that helped out uh, Megan's question. And uh, we'll go to the next question, Brother Gary. Okay, next question was from Alfred, and uh, sort of picking up from last week, your explanation of an acronym for hell. Yes, that's a good uh, question, Alfred, and I didn't get a chance to complete that last time, and I'm glad that you uh, called in with that question. Uh, there was a preacher, uh, um, Southern black preacher, and he preached a sermon uh, entitled, What in Hell Do You Want? What in Hell Do You Want? And he gave this acronym, uh, and it was a powerful acronym that I never forgot. And he said the H stands for, it's going to be hot down there. And then the E means it's going to be eternal and everlasting. Once you get in, you can't get out, like in Luke chapter 16, the rich man. And then the first L means it's going to be a low place. And then the last L means it's going to be a lonely place. And Leo Daniels, that was his name, <clears throat> black southern preacher, he would say, what? What in hell do you want? And then he said that uh, when it talks about the lake of fire, he says, 
it would the lake of fire wouldn't be so bad if it was a bucket full of fire or just a, you know a swimming pool of fire but he says think about lake michigan and some of the big lakes in our state and he says imagine somebody pouring some gasoline in there and igniting it and a whole bunch of people in there are screaming <clears throat> and he says what and hell do you want you know so that's the uh acronym and then the question about lots wide you know does she go to heaven or hell well let me let me put it this way in the context of luke 9 and uh you know luke 17 and then other passages on on her and then you go to genesis 19 uh and 26 um jesus said in luke uh 9 and 62 he says no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of god and when he told lot and all them to move out of Sodom and don't look back well this fits in what jesus said no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of god because if you've ever done plowing when you plow you, the, the way you're effective is to plow focus and you then the line is going to be straight you look back everything will go crooked and haywire well I would have to say that only the Lord ultimately knows, but um, I would say that no, she didn't make it because she looked back and ended up being uh, destroyed with all the rest of the people in Sodom. And Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, fit for the kingdom of God. And then she turned into a pillar of salt. So uh, a terrible way to die, and but Lot, continue to live but she didn't because she was disobedient to the angel the angel commanded them to get out of there and uh oftentimes jesus appeared as the angel of the lord and uh before his incarnation the pre-incarnate christ so anyway hopefully that helps out alfred and thank you always for your good uh questions as well we have a, a someone else, Brother Gary, another uh, we have, uh, Brother Rick online. Wait brother on. Rick, how are you doing? How are you doing, Dr. Buckner? Truly blessed and highly favored. And how are you doing? I am blessed as well. Well, good. I, I, well, I what's on your question. heart and what's your question? Okay, my question is, we know that the rainbow is mentioned in Genesis. Is there any is there any other uh, part of the Bible where the rainbow is mentioned again? Very good question, Brother Rick. And because most of the time when we talk about the rainbow, uh, we talk about it in relationship to uh, Genesis nine and eight through seventeen, and uh, or Genesis uh, nine and uh, thirteen through seventeen. That's when we talk about the rainbow. But there are other passages in the Bible throughout the Bible. Very few people probably realize this, but you'll find it mentioned the rainbow in Ezekiel uh, chapter 1, verse 28. Uh, 
in. Uh, and then you'll find that the rainbow is mentioned again before the throne of God, uh, Revelation 4 and 3, and Revelation 10 and 1. Uh, these passages talk about the rainbow. It's not just in Genesis, it's throughout. And it's interesting that uh, the first time a rainbow is mentioned is in the first book of the Bible, and then it's mentioned again in the last book before the throne of God. It talks about, uh, you know, as they, uh, the angel in, in Revelation 10 and 1, the angel coming down from heaven, uh, and then uh, there was a cloud and a rainbow, and then it talks about in Revelation 4 and 3, a rainbow before the throne. Uh, that's quite interesting uh, that we will more likely see that type of color because it gets into the multitude of colors uh, in these passages, and then it lays out the multitude of colors uh, in uh, these passages of Revelation, especially Revelation 4 and 3, and then it's uh, surrounding God's throne, and you have a similar thing surrounding God's throne in Ezekiel 1 and 28. So let me just kind of like uh, talk about the significance of it before our time uh, run out, because you asked a question about the significance of it, um, and we need to know that. Uh, that uh, from the time of Noah, the rainbow became a sign of, uh, number one, God's faithfulness to his word. And I mean faithfulness not only to the, the little W, but especially the capital W, which is Christ. And uh, because ultimately it's surrounding Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. So it's a faithfulness to God's word, which is the Bible, little W, then faithfulness to the capital W, which is uh, Christ. It's another word for Christ in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then, so uh, so from the time of Noah, the rainbow became a sign of the significance of, number one, God's faithfulness to his Word, and, uh, and also, number two, to his promises. Uh, and then, number three, uh, to Noah's uh, covenant. So he made a covenant. It not only was the promises, but it was a covenant. And when you see Genesis 9, 12 through 17, uh, he said that he would never destroy the world again with a flood. But the second time, uh, when he comes back, uh, and Jesus comes back, it talks about in 2 Peter 3, 1 through 16, 2 Peter 3, 1 through 16, talks about the earth and all that, will be uh, burned up. So when Jesus comes back, uh, the whole earth will be burned up, but it will be a recreated earth. That, that which was lost in the Garden of Eden will be restored, and there will be a new heaven and earth. That's what John said. He saw came, coming down from heaven, a new heaven and a new earth. So that will be the dwelling place of us as believers on earth just like it was during the time of, of Adam and Eve. Uh, you know, there will be, uh, 
the Garden of Eden lost and be re restored again. So hopefully, Rick, that uh, helped you with your question, uh, brother. I always thought something very interesting with the rainbow too. Uh -huh. the, uh, the there are seven there are seven colors in the rainbow, right? Which is the number of completion with God. But when we look at the world today, the rainbow they use has six colors. Right, which represents the yeah. number of a uh, man. So true. And last week, if you listen to last week's program. I got into this in deep detail. Uh, what you're talking about right now, I got into that in detail and got into the, for anyone the, the meanings of uh, what it's talking about. So, uh, yeah, so that was what we uh, we dealt with. So anyway, we uh, appreciate your question. And uh, you have any prayer requests before we close? Because we almost uh, time. Pray, pray for my brother. Pray for the uh, housing over at um, over at Cadence and Millbrae. That is where where the uh, housing is located. Pray pray that all goes well. And, all right, brother. Uh, we got it. So, Lord, okay, we just brother, thank you for we brother. Pray, for we pray Lord God, that you would meet his needs with his brother and family and this housing issue. And and we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. Please keep us in your prayers till next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.